Lekutei Sichais Chelek Tesvav, Parshas Miketz, Sichabez. We're learning Lishchus, Rufu Shlema, Mehera, Ba'ifen Nisi, Verhenya Bas Brachad Varleya. In this week's Torah portion, the famine in Egypt and the surrounding areas begins just as Yosef interpreted that it would. Egypt, under Yosef's instruction, has stored food, and the family of Yaakov descends to Egypt to purchase food. It's over 20 years since Yosef's brothers sold him into slavery, and they do not recognize him as their brother. When Binyamin is finally brought down at the king viceroy's request or demand, the Torah tells us of Yosef and Binyamin's encounter that Yosef saw Binyamin, but only in Perak. Mem Gimel, chapter 43, verse 30, Pasuk Lamed, do we read of a response that Yosef had. Vayamaher Yosef, the Pasuk tells us, ki nechmero rachmav el ochiv vayavakesh livkes. Yosef hastened, for his mercy was moved towards his brother, and he wanted to cry. The next Pasuk tells us he quickly went to another room and cried there. Rashi explains the word nichmru, stirred or very heatedly moved, and quotes three sources where this word is used to help us to see its source and why the Torah uses it here in this verse. Rashi says, nishamamu, he became heated with emotion. The Mishnah uses this word, Baba Metzia, in discussing the pricing of olives. The term used is al hakumar shel zesim, on a warmed stack of olives. Rashi continues, in Aramaic, the word is used in Psachim, in the discussion as to when the paschal sacrifice is offered and a disagreement between the sages, perhaps based upon michmar bisra, the meat becoming warm and spoiled before its time of roasting if they wait with the sacrifice. Then Rashi continues and offers a third source, and that's in scriptures, in the scroll of Eicha, Lamentations, where the verse states, Eireinu kitanur nichmaru zalafais of our skin glows like the heat of an oven with a fever of hunger. And Rashi explains, skin, all skin, when it becomes very hot, shrinks and shrivels. As this is the first time in Torah that the specific word nichmaru became heated is used in conjunction with one's mercy, or even at all, there is an understandable necessity for an explanation by Rashi, certainly as the five-year-old scholar, the Ben Chomesh Lemikra, will question this word. But why three sources and proofs of usage? How are two insufficient, or even one, necessitating three sources, three proofs? Also, why does Rashi quote these proofs in this order? First, from the Mishnah, then from the Gemara in Aramaic, and then from a verse in the scriptures. The order of scriptures, which is also so much closer to the idea of this word used in our Parsha 
and the actual word nichmar is the same, then the Mishnah and then the Gemara, where the word is more of a derivative of this word nechmaru, would seem a more comprehensible order. And why does Rashi specifically quote the example of a stack of warmed olives when the Mishnah also speaks about a stack of warmed grapes, which is actually quoted earlier in the Mishnah in the Tractate of Yavamais? And finally, the same is true for Rashi's last proof. Rashi quotes Eicha, but could have used the proof from earlier quotes in scriptures where the word is used, in Malachim, in Kings, and in Hesheya, both earlier sources and closer in meaning to our verse. In Malachim, in Kings 1, the term used is Kinichmaru Rachameha, when her mercy was aroused. And in Hesheya, in chapter 11, the prophet says that God says, Nichmaru Nachumi, my remorse has been kindled. These two sources, which Rashi doesn't use, are both referencing emotions, just like our verse in Miketz, which references Yosef's emotion on seeing Binyamin. Not so the quote from Eicha, which addresses the shrinking of skin in heat. Let's expand this a bit. When Rashi quotes Eicha, he concludes the verse quoting the words from the fever of hunger. Our skin glows like the heat of an oven from the fever of hunger, the verse in Eicha. How is the conclusion of this verse in Eicha relevant here? It's the only source Rashi brings in full. Why? What's more puzzling yet is Rashi's explanation at the end of this quote, telling us that this is the nature of skin, to shrink and shrivel and eat. How is that at all relevant? And in any event, this explanation should at least have been brought in a clearer order. Instead, Rashi quotes half the verse, explains it, then returns to why this occurred. All of this can be made clear by returning to the first Rashi on this verse, which we have not yet looked at. Rashi quotes all three words, Kinichmeru Rachmav, his mercy and his emotions heated up, and explains, this is Rashi's explanation in his first explanation that he gives on all three words, Kinichmeru Rachamov. Yosef asked Binyamin, Do you have a brother from your mother? Binyamin answered, I have one, but I don't know where he is. Yosef then asked, Do you have sons? And Binyamin answered, I have ten. Yosef asked, What are their names? And Binyamin listed their names. Yosef asked him further, What is the significance of these names? And Binyamin answered, The first is Bela, and this is connected to my lost brother, who was swallowed up among the nations. My second son, Becher, is named so because my brother was my mother's firstborn. My third son, Ashvel, is named so because Shivoikel, God placed him in captivity. My fourth is Gera, and Rashi continues to list and explain all the names of Binyamin's sons. And hearing this, says Rashi, Yosef's mercy was immediately kindled, and he was heated with emotion. What becomes immediately difficult to understand is why Rashi elaborately explains 
the reason that Yosef became so overwhelmed before explaining the word overwhelmed or heated, nichmeru. It seems obvious that this order should have been in the reverse. It's necessary to understand the meaning of a word and then what occurred to cause this. It's also difficult to understand Rashi's motivation in telling us of this lengthy exchange based just on the literal intention of the verse. Yosef saw Binyamin, his only brother from his mother, who he hadn't seen in years and who had no connection to his being sold into slavery and to the trauma of that event, and he became overwhelmed with emotion and mercy. Even if we were to just accept that Rashi has specific proof in his source that there was this exchange between Yosef and Binyamin, as Chazal relate, it certainly would have been sufficient for Rashi to relay the beginning of this event and exchange and to quote the source for it, where one could see all the details, including the meaning of the names of his sons, for us to understand the intention of the verse. In other words, where in the literal intent of the Pasuk in the verse is all of this, because Rashi only explains the literal intention of a verse. And really significant, how do Binyamin's sons enter into this discussion? The Torah only introduces us to them in the portion of Vayigash. There's another question that comes up on this explanation. Rashi quotes the words from the verse, Ki rachmav, and explains them. He doesn't include the beginning of the verse, the words, and Yosef rushed, Vayimar Yosef, yet... In his explanation, Rashi concludes with the words, Miyad nichmaru rachmav. Immediately, his mercy was heated and overflowed. Where does Rashi source that this was Yasef's immediate reaction? Here's the explanation for all of this. We cannot actually say that Yasef's emotional overwhelm was just simply because he saw Binyamin. Because if seeing Binyamin caused this great emotion, it would have developed as soon as he actually first laid eyes on him back in verse 16, Pasuk Zion, where the verse tells us that Yosef saw Binyamin with his brothers, particularly as this verse, our verse tells us that Vayamahar Yosef, he felt overwhelmed and wanted to quickly go to another room to allow himself to cry. This was clearly a sudden, deep and passionate overwhelm. And if not then, not when he first saw him, then at least this feeling of emotion should have been aroused when in the verse immediately before ours, the Torah tells us Yosef lifted his eyes and he saw Binyamin, his brother, son of his mother, his actual brother. But the Torah only tells us about Yosef's emotional overwhelm, heated overwhelm, after the second time that we hear that Yosef saw Binyamin and asked, Is this your brother? Which then follows with Yosef blessing Binyamin with the words, May God favor you. And only then does the Torah tell us, Nichmaru Rachmav, his emotions roiled. 
So it wasn't seeing Binyamin that did this, that kicked up this reaction where Yosef was ready to just burst into tears. And Yosef, Yosef's ability to withhold his emotions until now is completely understandable. Yosef is now viceroy to the king for so long. He's had to be strong, brave, stoic. And when his brothers come, he exhibited particular fierceness and stoicism. So while he certainly felt moved seeing Binyamin, who was his own natural brother, we can be quite certain that he contained this excitement before actually revealing himself to his brothers, certainly in public view, as we indeed see in our verse that even at this point when he feels the need to cry, he rushes to another room and cries there. Nowhere does Yosef openly reveal the emotions he must be feeling, not when he meets and speaks to his brothers, which must have evoked so much emotion, hearing about his father's pain, etc. But he reveals nothing because of the strength of his position. So something occurs here that moves him so deeply and affects him so more than seeing Binyamin moved him. The Pasuk, however, doesn't detail what this is. And so we must then say that it's something that happens after Yasef blesses Binyamin with the words, Eloikim yechancha bani, may God favor you. A blessing for Binyamin from God that in turn affects Yosef as Binyamin's brother. Hence the words, his mercy was overwhelmed to his brother. And therefore, Rashi must relate the entire exchange between them, beginning with, Do you have another brother from your mother? But this must also have some connection to Binyamin's children. Because this overwhelming emotion, this heated emotion is clearly as we said, connected to the words, May God favor you, my son. This word, Hanan, is used in Parshas Vayishlach, when Esav and Yaakov meet, and Yaakov, referring to his children, says, These are the children whom God has favored me with. But it's not just the children. It's something about the children that evokes the strong overwhelm of emotion, a feeling of love between Yosef and Binyamin. And so Rashi tells us the entire exchange between them. And the exchange touches Yosef so deeply in a way that is so out of the ordinary and so exceptional that even his well-developed strength and stoicism is impacted, and he just needs to cry. This is why Rashi quotes the entire encounter and exchange, and the meaning of every child's name. Every detail here is relevant to the intense love that Binyamin felt towards Yosef, and that impacted Yosef so deeply. Binyamin was just a child of nine or ten when Yosef was sold by his brothers. But all these years, he never stopped thinking about his brother, his true brother Yosef, and all that befell him, 
expressing in each one, not one, but all ten of his sons, the longing he felt for Yosef, the pain that he knew Yosef must have experienced. And no matter which child he would mention, he'd be reminded of his brother. And only after we hear all of this can we understand why Yosef could no longer contain himself and felt an immediate overwhelm of emotion, of rachamim for Binyamin. Now we can also understand why Rashi doesn't explain the word nichmeru, overwhelm or heated overwhelm, before telling us the story that led to this huge emotional response. Yasef had to be so deeply moved and overwhelmed beyond the emotion of seeing Binyamin his brother. This now was no ordinary emotional reaction. It was a heated arousal of emotion. Not as Targum Unkulus interprets Nechmaru, as Esgoilulu, a common arousal of emotion. And yet, Rashi doesn't suffice with this. He goes further. Because even were we to understand that Nimcheru Rachamov is a much stronger emotion than the common arousal of emotion that the Targum explains it to be, we have nothing that tells us that this deep emotional response of Nichmaru is about a heated emotion. Maybe it's a deep emotion, but not one that indicates heat. So Rashi continues and quotes interpretations that prove the word Nichmaru to mean heated and intense. Therefore, the two examples in Malachim, Kings 1 and Hosea, are not suitable proofs, because while both of these examples are about emotion, both cannot provide proof that Nimchru in our verse is about this heated emotion that Rashi tells us, Nishamimu. And while they may both be about strong emotion, the Targum suggests the word is Goilulu, a reference to common normal emotion aroused in both of these examples. So Rashi is compelled to bring proof from this term, but used in a different context, but which in that context means heat. So the Mishnah is his first proof, as the Mishnah is written in the Holy Tongue in Lashna Kodesh, closest to the language of Torah verses, and the proof is Kumar Shalzesim the warming dish for the stacked olives. Kumar is the warming dish, hence providing proof for nechmeru meaning warmth. But Rashi does not suffice with this proof, as there may be no available proof that a kumar really is a warming dish specifically. And so perhaps it's just the, that what the utensil or the vessel was called and had no actual warming properties. To further build the proof, Rashi then quotes a proof in Loshen Arami in Aramaic. For just as the Gemara crystallizes the teachings of the Mishnah, the Aramaic here thus corroborating the Hebrew, and the term in the Gemara, Michmar Bisra, the process of warming the meat. In this case, Michmar unquestionably means warming thereby corroborating the Mishnaic term, which, as we said, is closest to the Torah text in the Pasuk, telling us that kumar, the vessel the Mishnah speaks of, is indeed a term for warmth and determines a warming vessel. 
Accordingly, of course, we can understand why Rashi doesn't bring the term from an earlier source in Mishnah, namely the Kumar Shal Anovim, the stack of warmed grapes. This Kumar Shal Anovim in the tractate of Yavamais that precedes Baba Messiah is discussed in conjunction with the teaching that when a Torah thought is said in the name of a sage who has passed, his lips move in the grave as though he is saying his teachings. It's like, the Gemara continues, the verse in Shir Hashirim, in Song of Songs, that says the roof of your mouth, like the best wine that glides down smoothly for my beloved, moving gently the lips of those who sleep. And this is then explained to be like a kumar shel anovim, a pile of grapes, left to warm, and then when pressed, the wine flows smoothly. So is the Torah of our sages when their Torah is repeated in their name in this world. This example leaves room, however, for the possibility that the word kumar means a vessel in which the grapes are pressed. The warming is not specific in this example. Another example in the tractate of Brachas, where we have the term bushly Kumra, too, would not tell us that it's the process of heating. It may just be a process of packing, and there is nothing that tells us that it's a heating process. Now, since the word in our verse is nichmaru, Rashi wants to provide proof from this precise word usage in a Torah verse, and hence he quotes the verse in Echa, our skin is parched because of the heat, orenu ketanor nichmaru, which clearly means heated, and yet, because the word nichmaru can in this context be perhaps understood as blackened from hunger, because it is that our skin nichmaru from ra'av, from hunger, Rashi adds the words from the fever of hunger, continuing the pasuk. Hunger can indeed blacken the skin, but as the verse connects the words to the word tanur, an oven, we extrapolate that it is a reference to heat, but not just simply heated from the hunger of, from the fever of hunger, but the skin itself, Rashi then adds, withers and shrivels because such is the nature of skin that it wrinkles from excessive heat, indicating how intense the pain was. It's now clear why Rashi only offers this proof at the end. Even though this proof is mikra, the language of Torah, and the exact term nichmaru, like our verse, because in Eicha, nichmaru means heated, but primarily it's to tell us how the skin shriveled. We're missing that particular proof of heated, not just the meaning of heated, and in our discussion, the proof we're looking for is for the word heated emotion. The deep lesson we learn in this Rashi is that we as a people are also called Yosef. In Tehillim, in chapter 80, capital Pei, we read, Roya Yisrael Ha'azina, Noihei Katsoin Yosef, Shepherd of Israel, listen. He who leads Yosef like flocks, we're the nation, our God, we the nation are God's flocks, and we are referred to by Yosef. As Yosef, we then must arouse deep, deep mercy on this level of Binyamin, 
Binyamin, Rachel said, is my Ben Oini, the son of my affliction, a reference in Chassidus to the soul, which has had such a painful descent below into this lowest of all worlds. This is alluded to in all the details that Rashi teaches regarding Kinichmaru Rachmav. Yosef's deep compassion was heatedly and powerfully aroused. And how to do this is to be learned in the order in which Rashi first tells us the events and the exchange between Yosef and Yemen, and then, only then, explains the word Nichmaru. There must first be deep consideration of one's brother and the trials that befell him. To contemplate one's soul, connected always and only to God, and then consider his brother, the soul's tragic and trying descent, swallowed up among the nations, covered over by his body and the wills of the animal soul and worse. And when one's contemplation is such that all his ten faculties represented in the ten names of the ten sons of Binyamin, one can really heat up and become deeply and truly embittered with a burning pain over his spiritual status and the status of his soul. This in turn evokes and awakens mercy above, which has the advantage of warmth over the attribute of chesed, kindness. Chesed indeed is a source of benevolence, and it's the nature of good to do good. And yet chesed is referred to as water, which is by nature cold. Gvura, on the other hand, is hot and passionate and fiery, causing anger. But Tiferes, Rachamim, has the passion and the heat of Gvura and the benevolence of Chesed. When one looks with Rachamim upon the pain of another, his heart becomes aflame with mercy and compassion, resulting in a flow of kindness and benevolence towards the other. This intense arousal and result is the experience of a commercial zesim, a heated bowl for olives so that their oil flows. Olives are by nature bitter. In a soul experience, it's the bitterness of one's spirit that feels the pain of the soul's descent. And when the heat of his pain oozes out of him, it's like the commercial zesim, the warming bowl of olives. It in turn evokes and reveals a supernal mercifulness. The result is a revelation in his soul of the divine, a revelation of boundless love of God in one's heart, analogous to the heated meat of Rashi's proofs. Until one experiences this warmth on his skin, the garment for his essence. And because the source of all of this is Rachamim, mercifulness or compassion, the central path, it can affect transformation, changing the heat of hunger for a heat of the hunger of holiness. In the words of the prophet Amos, there will be a hunger, but not for bread, a hunger to hear the words of God.